Hey, buddy. Usually the opening's about you, but I don't know. The whole thing is gonna be about you today, so maybe we'll say hi to the other animals in the opening? You're very asleep, too. You're sort of annoyed I'm talking near you. I can talk to you, my little turtle friend, during the opening. How are you? Are you gonna freak out because I'm here and you love me? Hi. Hello, fans of For Quality Assurance. My name's Mike Fallick, and we're here with uh, For Quality Assurance. It's a small podcast about small pets. And speaking of which, you know, I normally open this show talking to my pet ferret, uh, Steak. Um, but this whole episode is going to be about my pet ferret. So we're, we're sort of, you know, here's what I realized. A long time ago, we kind of did an episode about ferrets. There was um, an incident, and uh, ferrets were very much in the news at the moment. Um, but, I, but I sort of, as wanting to do this podcast, part of it for me is wanting to expand what I know about animals. So it's sort of lazy of me to do something about the, the pets that I have. So what, um, but, but at the same time, I sort of realized today, you know, maybe we've been doing this podcast a while. Maybe it's time that we catch people up. People probably want to know about me and, what, and what, what kind of pets I have. And it would be good to sort of, for new listeners, establish what's going on with my pets. So I have three types of pets, but uh, four actual living things. I have an aqua plant. Um, two red-eared sliders, which are uh, sort of water turtles. They live in a tank. And then my ferret steak. And what I realized was, here's how today's, today's episode was inspired by two things. One, my aqua plant, which is a plant that lives totally underwater in its own tank. Um, we did a whole episode about buying Mondo grass, what Mondo grass was. And I sort of said, you know, that, that everybody who's listened to the whole show knows a lot about that pet. I mean, they probably know more about that pet than they do about some of their own pets. Um, and then I said, you know, when we did the half episode about ferrets, so we should probably do one about all of all of your pets because those would be pretty interesting. And, and there's a emotional side to it. Now, here's the emotional side. This week, I had to answer a lot of questions about ferrets. Uh, so the name of this episode is, is Ferrets, Myths, and Facts. Ooh, that's a hard one to do. Ferrets, Myths, and Facts. Ooh, there's a lot of noises going on in that title. Don't say it out loud. It won't be, or do say it out loud. It's sort of fun. Myths and Facts. I like words. I like word combinations where you bounce off of them. Like that sentence. Bounce off of them. Like you can jump off of each word. I don't like sentences where my whole mouth feels like it's melding into a grilled cheese. Myths and Facts. <laughs> Stupid. Um, <sighs> either way. Uh, so people kept asking me all these facts about these things about ferrets and these myths, and it all came back to I was having an argument with someone because I think small pets are better. I think they're better as pets. Uh, there's a reality out there that all pets are very difficult, and that living with pets, unless you really live on a farm, is quite uh, inconvenient. Uh, and you have to sort of weigh inconvenience on your life and on theirs. Um, and I have a lot of good pets that sort of deal with this dichotomy. So that's what we're going to talk about here is the myths and facts of it. This might end up being a two-parter. The one today is not going to be two-part, like you're not missing it. But I may actually come back and prepare uh, a much longer thing on ferrets because we are preparing a big episode on red or sliders so that 
we can teach you everything about them. There's a very, very interesting. That is definitely going to be a red air slider because we keep the show under, uh, always under 20 minutes. So let's talk about it. I have a ferret named Steak. Now, something you might want to know about me, we've talked about it on the show. Don't say the word own. I do own him in a, a sort of literal sense, but um, let's start with some of the first things about ferrets. One, ferrets are only illegal in two places in the world. Uh, they are illegal in the city of New York, so New York City city, um, just in that city, not in New York itself, uh, so just the five boroughs, and then the state of California. Um, the state of California has a lot of uh, sort of uh, xenophobic, I would call them, but at the same time, a little bit cautious laws about pets. Uh, hamsters, as, as you may know from my movie, are famously uh, illegal in California for the reason that the Asian hamster was a big thing and we didn't really understand this animal. I'm, in New York City, they're illegal. They're just sort of wrapped in this bill that has like a ban on cougars. It has, you know, all the things that, that's real. You can look up the, the bill. It has like all these dangerous animals. It becomes a hassle to rewrite. And that's really why they're illegal there. Um, but they are regulated everywhere else. They are exotic pets. So when I went to buy steak, I don't necessarily own him in that way, um, but I do have a license for him. So you might want to think about the fact that he is, in this official way, I don't own him. I, I sort of am permitted to handle him, as opposed to other small pets like hamsters, um, where if you buy them from some places, you do sort of own them. A fish, for example, you own a fish. You know, there's no... A lot of places will give you adoption forms for hamsters, sort of signing to make sure that you know where you're going, but you really do own a fish. Um, so I have a, a license for steak. Uh, he, we have to register that every year. It's about $10 every year to, to register steak to the uh, state of New Jersey Game and Wildlife Division. He's got a little license. He's got his rabies vaccine. Let's start with, with some of the history of ferrets being pets. Um, well, first, ferrets are, once again, as opposed to other animals, hamsters, birds, uh, well, exotic birds, other exotics, reptiles and things like that, Ferrets are the only ones on that list that are domesticated. The ferret is a domesticated version of weasels. Now, when we talk weasels, I like to give sort of a big picture. So you have a cat, let's say, or you've known about cats. Let's say you've heard of cats, or you've heard of dogs. When we talk about cats and dogs, we talk about wolves, and we talk about big cats. Um, let's ignore big cats for a moment, because sort of, I know the, the history of, of, of the evolution of cats is that really, it's not really like wolves, where, um, you know, there's, there's actually some smaller and smaller big cats that we eventually get to uh, being able to domesticate into house cats. Um, but let's talk about wolves and dogs. So wolf is to dog as ferret is to wolverine. The biggest animal in the, the class, in the, the, wait, hold on, I want to say, family, in the Mustelidae family, is uh, the wolverine. Wolverines and ferrets are related in the same way dogs and wolves are related. So in the same class you have, um, sorry, I keep doing that, I'm using it colloquially, but in the same family you have um, uh, weasels, which uh, are... Uh, sort of, 
they look like ferrets, if you know what a ferret looks like. Um, they're just kind of long-looking, uh, maybe a little bigger sometimes, sometimes smaller, actually, quite frankly, than a lot of uh, ferrets. Um, and then you have skunks, badgers, um, some other animals that uh, I don't, I wouldn't want to list right now because it would just make things a little confusing, uh, uh, and uh, wolverines. And uh, they are in the Mustelidae family. One of the biggest misconceptions that people say online when they see a picture of Steak is they say he's a rodent. Uh, no. Ferret actually means mouse killer. Their Latin name, Mustelidae. It's a mouse killer. They are, they are ratters, as we call them in the, the, the animal world, that they're bred to, to kill pests and rats and things like that. Now let's talk about their domestication. There's two sort of routes to... Uh, to their domestication. One is the stole. Now, if you know anything about kings, you ever see drawings of kings or pictures of kings, you'll often see this fur on them. This fur is white with black dots. Now, that's, that's a stole or an ermine. Ermines are pretty important. Ermines um, are a weasel. They're this, they're this very white weasel. And, you know, with, with this uh, black tail. Uh, and... Back in the day, when royalty was a thing, one of the things that was very difficult at the time was dyeing and coloring and furring. And ermine were the, were the royal family of England's uh, fur. You could not wear an ermine if you were not royal. It was their fur. Um, they are already becoming, you know, that is sort of a, a reason to domesticate an animal. We always need a reason to domesticate an animal. And because it takes a lot of dedication to really change one. That's why there aren't, you know, domesticated, a lot of domesticated birds, because we really have to want to eat it. And now we are so good with handling chickens and turkeys that, like, those animals are so great for, for, for eating that it's hard to imagine us using other animals to do it. What's the reason you domesticate a weasel? Fur. So you, the ermine is not really become domesticated, but... We see the idea of ferrets becoming pets at the same time um, because Queen Elizabeth, famously, her portrait, look it up, it's adorable, is her with her ermine. I, I don't know who she was supposed to take the portrait with her, whether it was her alone. Like a lot of times if when they're royalty, they take their portraits together. It's, uh, you know, especially, you know, it's important that the couples, you know, they, with royal families getting the lineages, so they'll do the portraits together. She is with her little ermine. She did have a pet ermine. That was, that was real. Um, at the same time, what we have is ferrets being domesticated to hunt rabbits. Here's what a ferret is bred to do. Many, many, many years ago, someone takes a weasel, they catch a weasel, and they th they, they're a farmer out in the, uh, you know, European countryside, and they go, we have this horrible rabbit problem in, in the hills, they're just digging holes into our, uh, our, our farms and stealing our, our food. You take a weasel, you put it in there, you let it loose. Over time, you get the ferret that becomes this domesticated version of um, stealing and, and, and killing these, these animals. We use the word ferret as steal because ferrets do steal. They will, what they talk about with stealing is not what you hear about nowadays, which is this adorable thing where they take stuff. Um, I believe that it originates from them, you know, stealing st animals, stealing dens. They'll rob the den of, of, its, of everything it has. They were, they were themselves uh, 
little thieves. They would take from if a, if a, if an animal had a, a stash of eggs or something, they would they would steal it. They would hide in there. They would really you know cash the joint. See, uh, um, so then you have your ferret, and then that's the hobby. Not or not hobby. That's the sport or or agricultural practice of ferreting. Uh, you can use that as a verb in English to say you know he ferreted something from me usually means stealing in a negative way. Um, a lot of negative words associated with ferrets, which is why I'm doing this episode. You have fer to ferret something is like to steal it sort of shadily, not like, you know, swiping it or cleverly taking it. It's like a bad word. And then you have weasel out, which is something weasels are good at escaping, but it's, you know, you weasel, you weasel out of it. They're both bad words, so I'm trying to take back weasel. Um, in terms of what I call steak, my ferret, we're not even up to me buying him yet in history. I am Big Weasel, and he is Little Weasel. That's our relationship. He's, he's Little Weasel, I'm Big Weasel. There's no owner, guardian, I don't say mom, I don't say dad. He's Little Weasel, I'm Big Weasel. Big Weasel can do certain things like adjust the air conditioning and bring food into the house and get water, and Little Weasel is just cute. And we have that relationship. So, um... Ferreting is then a way to, 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 to get these rabbits out. Let's jump forward many, many years. Ferreting is illegal nowadays. There is, no world, there is nowhere in the world where you can buy a ferret, really, and use it to hunt uh, by putting it into the ground. Um, the fact is, is that ferrets are domesticated, but like cats, are pretty independent. So when you put a cat in a barn... That cat lives in that barn. I mean, if it's doing its job, it lives in that barn. It's getting food. It wants to be in that barn. Now, the good thing about a barn is that, I mean, there's obviously the danger of it getting hurt with all the big barn animals, but it's a barn. With a ferret, you put it into the ground, well, that ferret could get really hurt. It could dig himself into trouble. It could, you know, imagine, like, instead of your cat getting stuck in a tree, like you think about in a barn, imagine your ferret gets stuck underground. I mean, there's nothing you can do. So it is 100% illegal everywhere to use ferrets in the way that they were domesticated. It's a unique characteristic. The idea that we had this animal that was domesticated for something, and now it, it not only can it not do it, but we sort of did it wrong. We sort of domesticated it in this way where it doesn't work. It, it'll get hurt. Um, so they, no one does that anymore. But I should note this, that... It's sort of recent that it became totally wiped away. You should look up, because we're getting into some of the myths here, what a ferret looks like when it's neutered and not neutered. Key to the ferret becoming a popular pet is the idea that you're going to have to do uh, neutering and spaying and the big enchilada of all this, uh, scent gland removal. This is, this is a major part of all mustelidae's being pets is scent gland removal and, and, and these things that, not just for breeding sakes, but in the case of a ferret, hormones. These glands produce a lot of crazy hormones. And so when you look at an unneutered or unspayed ferret, especially the males, which are uh, like two times bigger with spaying and neutering than the females, a unneutered male ferret is a fantastically large animal. It's, uh, they're very, very big. They're much bigger. They're much beefier. They are a, 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 a force to be reckoned with. Um, so we then get into the idea of smell. Here's the thing that I've been dealing with all week. 
and I'll talk you through me buying a pet. I can't have a cat. I'm allergic to cats. I love cats. I had hamsters before. I loved hamsters. But I didn't want to get, I wanted an animal that could be a little bit more independent. It could walk around. It could do its own thing um, with a little bit of, and I didn't mind a little bit of supervision or more supervision than if it was a cat, for example. Um, so I go out shopping. I don't want a mouse or a rat because even though those were good choices, the people in my life, not that I would make that decision based on that, but the people in my life were sort of saying, like, no, like, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get over that. I didn't like rabbits either, which a lot of people uh, around me were saying they, they were okay with, you know, because part of this was a network. I'm not saying, like, oh, I make my choices based on other people, but it's like, oh, hey, if I go out of town, will you be able to take care of it? My friends and my family had to be okay with that pet. To a certain extent, I, I couldn't just say nuts to you with these preconceived notions. So there, there are the idea of preconceived notions with small pets is always what I, I, I dial in on. So I, I eventually look around and I settle on ferret and I start to hear all these rumors. Do they smell? Okay, so what's the answer to do they smell? What The weird thing to me is that a lot of people just decide, well, they don't smell. I mean, I mean they decide they do smell. Go out and smell one. Have you smelled one? A lot of people say, I heard they smell. I went out. I went to pet stores. I got myself cut. I got, it was a great day. I handled, I drove like 30 miles radius and just went to every pet store. I was like, can I hold your, your ferrets? And I got the smell and stuff all over me to see if I was allergic, to see how I'd react. I didn't smell. I didn't get an allergic reaction. Because the fact is, is that all animals smell. And the more you're able to wash them, and most importantly with cats and ferrets, is wash their environment. Cats, cats lick themselves quite a bit, and ferrets do give off a slight oil that can stain you know, their own stuff, their own things they sleep in. And when you have an animal like that, cleaning their environment is what dictates their smell. You know, I try to every two weeks clean everything in, in Steak's cage, and that's why he doesn't smell. Additionally, they do have their scent glands removed, so he doesn't smell as much. And then finally, uh, they make very light deodorants for them that you can um, spray, and it's not like a, a deodorant like we have. It's just sort of a scented wipe-down kind of thing, almost like a, a version of baby wipe liquid. And you can put that on them and just give them a little bit of a wipe-down, and they smell kind of nice for, for, for a few weeks. It's not like putting perfume on them, but... People think of these solutions to that. Um, bathing them, I learned almost immediately, is uh, it makes the smell worse. Um, I think what we're going to have to do at this point, because that's sort of the history of it. They are very well behaved. They sleep 20 hours a day. They're very cute. He goes to the bathroom in a, in a litter box or a fluff box. Um, he runs around on his own, not, but when I'm not home, he doesn't. I think maybe... What I'll do as a bonus episode while we're preparing the, the turtle episode is I'll release sort of a thing that says, that's, you know, the story of me really getting steak um, and, and diving into these. So this will be a two-parter. And we'll get into these more emotional things about having a pet and all the, the you know, there's stuff in the back episodes. But I think we're going to make this part one, and part two will be about me getting steak and, and living with him and, and that side of it, because that is all the facts, you know? Um, hey, thank you so much for listening this week. 
please make sure to check out um, we if for fans of this podcast especially we just finished a movie called Chestnuts. The link is in the the description of the podcast and it's on you can find it on Amazon. You can always just search Chestnuts Mike Fallick into Amazon and you'll find it, but the link is in the podcast description. Uh, it's a movie about how the American chestnut is pretty much extinct in this country. It's a great sort of longer version of, of a, a, if you like the humor on this podcast, you're going to love it. It's a family-friendly kind of thing, It's a, especially because a lot of our listeners are American, and a lot of our listeners are, you know, not American. And so if you're American, you're going to hear this and say, I can't believe I didn't know about this. And if you're not American, you're going to hear it and go, I can't believe I didn't know about this. And it's weird that this is something that not all my American friends talk about. Uh, it's about the American chestnut. It's called Chestnuts. It's a very cool movie. Um, check it out. The American chestnut is almost non-existent. You have probably, unless you're like, honestly, unless you're 80 years old listening to this, you probably have not eaten an American chestnut. And it's crazy. So uh, please watch that for us. Please. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. I'm hope, I hope everyone liked this one. You know, I try not to do something stuff that's easy for us. But uh, and maybe we'll see how everyone feels about the emotional one. Because I, you know, I could always talk about how much I love his little smooshing face. But we're definitely doing Ready or Sliders is the next two weeks. All about turtles and the really weird world of real world, world turtles. See, that's another weird one. What was the one before? I don't remember. Oh, myths and facts. We're world. We're world of circles. Okay, I'm done.